All right, boys. This is Shotgun Mulligan here with back with my buddies. We got Taco, CC, Stats, your boy cousin up, Chris, boys? Track Man Tristan, always bringing it down. How we doing, boys? How we doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Can't complain. New week. Time for some golf. Yeah. Time to talk some golf. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Little, little Groundhog's Day, but I am loving these couple days that we can jump on and talk. It uh, breaks up the breaks up the days here, boys. Exactly. Nothing better. So last weekend we is had. That a, is that a mule? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, okay. Holy, it's a mule. Oh, with the nice. mule. Look, little, little fire, little fire, little fiery mule. All nice. right, all right, Mark. <laughs> Me off there. Well, what's our, what, what, since you're going to call me out, what's everybody else? What's everybody else got to, as a cocktail for the evening? I got my bourbon. Little oh. Jim Bean action. <laughs> nice. You got a Miller Lite, baby. Oh, man. Miller. Gross. It's classic. Oh, my God. So oh, malty. God. That's a whole nother. No, <laughs> so malty. Move on. Move on. <clears throat> so malty. So, boys, we had the Punicana whatever tournament this past weekend. Did you all watch it? How'd your picks do? What's the chatter on this last tournament, PGA? So, yeah, I um, I watched a little bit on Friday afternoon, and then uh, I was probably good two, two and a half hours Sunday or Saturday. I didn't get to watch much on Sunday. Um, I was pulling for my boy Sean O'Hare, but he fell apart uh, quickly on the uh, front nine, going into the back nine on Saturday. So he was kind of out of the mix pretty quick, but – Shout out to Hudson Swafford. Good for him for uh, pulling out with the one-stroke lead and uh, getting the win there in Punta Cana. Um, I, think he, I, don't, I think he shot a 68 in the final round, 66, something like that. But uh, one-stroke lead there, uh, good for him. Yeah, especially after Trevor Emmelman was just telling the whole world about how he was going to choke on these putts on 18 green. Did you hear him? <laughs> Not hear that. <laughs> I didn't he hear said, it either. He said that was pure nerves on the first putt. You know, he had the two putts to win, and he putted the first one. I mean, it was a choke-type putt, but, I mean, he was just going off on the guy. I mean, the guy's trying to get a second PGA Tour win. <laughs> How can you go off on a guy in a tournament like that? Like, let the boys play, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, but you know what? That's what that's what uh, analysts, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, it's – it's fodder for the broadcast and for guys like us to talk about, right? Right. Create drama, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, good for him. Uh, you know, and it's you got three, three a new start of the 2021 uh, PGA Tour year, and you got three winners in three weeks. You got Bryson winning week two, and you got um, the old man, uh, Stuart, Stuart Sink, winning the first week with his son on the bag. Um, the no. best hat tan on tour, <laughs> Mr. So Sink. bad. No, I love it. You guys, you gotta love it. I'm not gonna lie. We all know who we were pulling for that week. <laughs> yeah, our boy Good Higgs. Harry <laughs> Higgs. Just wait till we get him on the pod sometime, our boy Higgs. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ping him every single day until he responds. <laughs> um, so back to uh, the yeah. What do you feel about it, Track Man? Well, I was um, a little salty that um, I guess Chris is calling him three sticks. My, my, my guy missed the cut, but Stenson pulled up at a T, T21. So um, it was, you know, it was better than I expected, but um, T20, it was better than T21, and he is 
has no top twenties all season. Now, granted, he's only played like seven times. Yeah, he's played like uh, he's played like a half a round. His, yeah, this he's, year so. he's over in the top twenties all season long. So yeah, well, it's, I'm feeling better than um, Gibbs's picks. I think. I mean, um, my 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 guy over here, Moonshine. Moonshine. How many did you have? I had four miscuts last week. Oof! Wow. Yeah, Ooh. it was bad. So yeah, uh, I'm not your. Uh, your fantasy analyst for last week, definitely. But I've had some wins, you know, here and there. But, you know, came in hot one week and then flopped the next. But, you know, Sam Burns had a decent tournament. Um, had other – my other only miscut, you know. But, but yeah, Doug Gim let me down. Kevin Chappell pick let me down. But, hey, it was nice – I watched a little bit on Sunday. It was nice seeing Punakana. I love actually watching a little bit of the Caribbean – tournaments or you know right on the coast because it is beautiful golf but otherwise just, you know it's kind of a, a tournament that you can't really get that into and that's my point is it's so hard when the names are out of it you know and then there's a few sprinkled in there and it's um the guys that you know or the guys you don't know and the young ones or or the guys that have been fighting for a long time constantly fighting to get in there um some of these shots, you could tell the nerves were just getting to him. There was yeah. like some mm. 60 yards, 70 yard, you know, shots that you would think that these pros were going to put it on. And it was like, they just weren't catching on the green. Maybe that was something that I, I didn't know, or I didn't know how the surface was rolling or, you know, well, I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of homework on it, but you just watch them just, just zip off the side of, off the back of the green into a hazard. And it turns, you know, it adds three strokes. Well, unfortunately, I think some of these fall uh, tournaments like these expose some of the mid-level or lower-level players of the PGA. So you see a little bit more of your everyday grinders on the PGA Tour, and, you know, they're not hitting phenomenal shots every time. Most of the time they are, but, you know, you just see everyday-type shots from these guys, so. I want to yeah. chime in. On, I want to chime in on what uh, Trackman said there. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's not as interesting because you got some of the younger guys or guys that are grinders that haven't kind of been up there for a while. But I think it's cool to see some of the young guys um, that are up and coming. I mean, I will say that I, I messed up on my name. I did pick Adam Shank last week to win, and <laughs> he faltered. But the guy I was actually thinking of had a hell of a round on Saturday, but then just shit the bed on Sunday was Adam. Oh, I got, here, I got mixed yeah, up. Oh, no, here we go. No. <laughs> he said the guy I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I dream, I was thinking of. Yeah, it, was yeah. a it was a different Adam. But anyway, to my point, like, I think it's cool to see some of the guys that have that are up and coming or some of these young college guys, you know, the Justin Sues and the, um, you know, Luke List has been around a little bit and, and uh, jumping up there and Jung Jang. And, but then, you know, guys like Matt Jones and, you know, um, I mean, I didn't even realize that he was in the tournament until I've been looking at the leaderboard from last week. But look at Anabon Lahiri, who pulled a who pulled a T six last week. I mean, and he's been he's a his here's Trackman's favorite word. He's an elder statesman. Not really. He's not a, he's elder, but he's not. A he did it again. He did it again. No, but I think it's cool to see it's cool to see some of these guys. I mean, I mean, yeah, I understand it's the 2021 season, and but I think that there's been more. There's been more pickup with this. Um, I was watching Golf Channel tonight, and they were talking about how you're going to see some more guys 
start to play in some of these early events that might not wait until January to kind of jump in because then you don't have as many tournament tournaments to be in that top 125 or top 70 to kind of move forward. So, so my take on that real quick, I know that we've got a lot to cover here is um, I think like we talked about the, the guys that are grinding, there's been so many of these guys that are grinding like through the, the different tours and getting out there to get on, get their tour card is the kids coming out of college now it's a whole different ballgame, I feel like. I feel like the kids coming out of college now are prepared to get – maybe not all of them, but the top guys that are coming out are doing a very good job staying in, like, the top 50 on the PGA Tour once they crack in, which I think was a lot different 10, 15, 20 years ago where an amateur – or not – I shouldn't say amateur, but – um, uh, college junior senior finishing out their career with their school jumps in and they're just trying to make it like these new guys i feel like are are a lot of them are all up there well i think that i think that the college game has been helped by especially probably over the past 10 years the young guys that have kind of come on the scene like the Jordan Spieth. And I mean, those guys kind of put the college game. I don't want, well, I shouldn't say it. Tiger Woods, put the, I think started to bring the college game into perspective. True. And I think now, um, then you got the Jordan Spieth and the Justin Thomases and the Harris England, like those guys were, you know, big time. And, and plus two media and the TV. I mean, look, look at 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, the USGA was was only the USAM was probably covered. And then it was only the men's USAM. Same thing for the women's game. I mean, right. now NBC or the golf channel covers all the USGA events. So you're getting to see all these guys all the time. And there's all these, you know, the kids that before they're going to college, I mean, all these local mini tours that are out there for the, the, the up and coming juniors. And so some of these guys are well known and it's just, it's, it's, I think it's just a, it's rolling. So I think you're getting more of those guys that have been playing for so long that, they're coming in ready and ready, rip roaring and ready to go, and they're established. So, right. So, with that leading from last week, um, kind of leads into this next week. We got the Sanderson Farms, another fall tournament here with the PGA Tour. Uh, what are your all's picks of the week? What's your all's best bet, sleepers? What do y'all got? Who wants to take it first? Because I'll, I'll throw it out there if you want it. Go for it, track man. Go for it, man. All right, Trackman's picking um, the boys that are throwing in the biggest bombs. I got Duffner. I got McGurk. Wow. I got Redman. And then we got Scotty Scheffler, who's been my boy. I picked him last year before Scotty's the pod good. started. Scotty has been balling, but he's been, he's been out on a fire. little bit. Well, lately it's been a little, um, little sketchy, but. Then my last guy is uh, Mr. Stallings. Well, hold on. Well, was why, why, was he, why is it? Why is Scotty Shuffler so sketchy? Yeah. Well, I think the last two two weeks two weeks wasn't he? Um, yeah, he did. He was open because he was he got tested positive for COVID. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, so is him. that sketchy? I would say that's sketchy. <laughs> I don't think it's sketchy. It's just I mean, like, it's life. He's right, positive. Well, it's sketchy for golf. Sorry. I apologize. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I got Stallings, Scheffler, Redmond, McGirt, my my guy McGirt, 
Um, oh, and uh, Mr. Harmon and Duffner. I got a bunch of bombs sitting in there. Bunch so of, I, bunch I only I, – I, I like the Scotty Scheffler pick. I'll, yeah, I'll that's give good. you that. Yeah, that's no wonder, only... because it was the top of the DraftKings. <laughs> but see, and I don't oh, always oh, take the a draft, Scotty, draft Scotty's good, then. I don't either, but if you look in my past, Scotty's been my bowl. I know, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I only agree with I only agree with one of your picks. We only have this one pick the same. The rest are all different. So I'm going to start it off with the one we agree on is Doc Redman. Mm-hmm. Doc Redman is I think he's poised to go out and put a put a put a win up there for him. Um, I'm going to go with the correct Adam this week, not Adam Shank. I'm going with Adam Long in my lineup. Uh, I'm going with uh, Si Woo Kim this week. Uh, si Woo's in there? Si Woo. I, I didn't see it. Oh, by the way, Si Woo's is, uh, is, solid. Yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see it either. Si Woo's in there. And, yeah, I totally and missed him. Little older, older fella, Cameron Percy. All right. Um, he's, he's in my lineup. Little Young Jang, I heard mentioned his name last week. He's been pretty solid. He had a good week at Punta Cana. Oklahoma State boy, Christoph Ventura. And then uh, last but not least, um, I don't know, that is everybody. I think that's everybody. Doc yeah, Red. last, that last is, but not everybody. least, Mark. That's everybody. <clears throat> so I the like moonshine the, giver. <laughs> I like the Doc Redman pick. I like Scotty Scheffler. I like those. But, you know, I got some some little hot takes this week. So Sam, Sammy, Sammy Burns is going to come out again and have a good golf tournament. This man has been top 25 in his last – or he was 28th last week, but a seventh in the Safeway Open. I think he's coming on to give us at least a top 10 this week. So I'd say he's my best bet for the weekend. A sleeper I have is uh, Rafa. But – Had a good he, showing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not yeah. talking sleepers yet. We're talking DraftKings picks. We got sleepers on the, on the page. Go on. Rafa – we got Dylan Fratelli, always a good, solid player. He's had several top 50s this year. We got Armin piggybacking off CC stats with your boy, Denny McCarthy. So I think he's going to yeah. have a good showing this week. So hopefully the local guy does well. And then Zach Blair. He's been a grinder for a while. He hasn't had a lot of good finishes recently. He's very low on the DraftKings 6,000, but – He's he's been a, a grinder on the PGA tour for a while, so I think he could do well. All right. Well uh sneak into the pocket. Who's your who's your sleeper sleeper, Mark? I, or uh, uh Moon Moonshine. I know that you um you threw a sleeper out, but I don't I didn't think that was too much of a sleeper. I want you to go down the list a little bit. Is so it somebody out of our and, picks or and, somebody um, somebody somebody new? Yeah, yeah, outside Ooh. the picks. Taco, I'm going for you. Yeah, go I'm ahead, going Taco. for uh, Zala Torres. Zala yeah, Torres. I'd say I'd say Zala Torres as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Same, same. I think he's he's kind of poised to. Uh, he's that'd be a it'd be a pretty big win for him, and he's going to secure his card anyway. So I mean, that would just set yeah. really good if he if he ended up winning. So his confidence is going up. He's doing a, he's he's doing a heck of a job. I feel like getting up there. Here's a nugget on the Sanderson Farms. This is a nugget. Uh-oh. It's the only tournament that over the past six years, it's got six consecutive first-time winners. Really? Six consecutive first-time winners. That's true, because I, I do feel like big time there's nugget. always new-time winners there. 
Is and, that is that because some of your stars don't play those tournaments though? Is the thing? Yeah, that is that is some of that. That part of that is that reason. But I think now that there's no pair because the Sanderson Farms used to be paired up with another event. Mm -hmm. So now the way it is on the schedule, it's kind of its own separate event. I think it's you get full points for it as well. So um, that's kind of a that's kind of a sleeper sleeper nugget right there. Six consecutive first time winners at the Sanderson Farms. I mean, I feel like I should have should have gotten my gotten in there. I may have been able to win it, especially with the way I'm hitting the ball lately. Track man, who's your sleeper man? Who do you got rolling? Um. Oh no, I said Zal Torres. Oh I yeah, I'm pronouncing that name right. Does it sound right to you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds good. Let's get, all right, let's get him on the pod. <laughs> we'll try. He's ready. All right. Um. But what? But my last thing is um the underrated golfers. Uh, Mark, I know I, I know you wanted to get into this, but. I was thinking a lot about some underrated golfers on PGA Tour. I wanted to know what you guys thought about it. Go ahead, CC. Who do you got? I'm going to give you three. I'm not going to go 10, 20. I'm going to give you three. And I think they're all pretty well-known names, but I just think they're very underrated. Um, This one guy, my number one is definitely underrated, and he's won a major. So there's your hint. See if you can figure out who it is. Um, Xander Shoffley. I think Xander Shoffley mm-hmm. is very much underrated. He, he's he got the game to to win a major. He's got the game to – I mean, he's won on the tour before. So, I just think he's he's kind of a – he's just kind of a sleeper, like, all the time. Like, you never – you don't see a lot of people kind of just throwing his name out there. Um, Steady Eddie, especially when it comes to the majors over the past year and a half. I do. I throw his name out all the time. <laughs> you do. You do. Uh, Tony Finau. Right. Tony Finau has – I think 29 top tens over his last two and a half years, six runner up finishes. Tony Finau, man, he's, uh, he's underrated. I mean, the guy hits the ball a mile. He's got the game. Um, he's only won once on tour. So that's probably one thing that's bringing him down. And then my number one sleeper, anybody, anybody want to take a guess? This guy has won a major. Gary Woodland. Incorrect. <laughs> Webb, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. I don't know. I, I feel like, like he's a little more recognized though these days. I think. I think over the past year he has. I mean, I know a lot of people did not really care for. I mean, I don't want to say care. I mean, they they were happy that he won when he won the uh, Players Championship a few years ago. No, they didn't. <laughs> when he, when he <laughs> no, we, we were we were really happy for him, but no. yeah, because he's hitting he high and all the green. <laughs> But I mean, the dude, like he—he's just—he's not flashy. He just goes out and puts it in the fairway and hits it on the green. And when he's on, he's on. And he's had a hell of a year this year. I think the, that might not make him as underrated as as some of those other two guys, but he's underrated to me. So I like it. Um, actually, I want to hear uh, Moonshine. Moonshine, throw it out there. What you got? So I got three. Um, so I'm going one Euro, and then we have two old time Americans. So. Uh, your boy Tommy Fleetwood. That man is the biggest underrated player on the PGA Tour. I mean, he's going to come out and win. Several, I think he's going to win a few, at least a few majors, but he's going to win a lot more tournaments. He's won multiple times on the European Tour. He's solid. He crushed the U.S. and the Ryder Cup, unfortunately, um, with a claw with grip. A, with silly sallies and – 
his flow is better than anyone on tour. Right. His lettuce that's coming out of the back of that that hat <laughs> is just killer. I don't well, want to root, for, but he's on my list Pat, as well, so you can go on. No, no, Perez, no, no. Pat Perez gave him a run for his money there a few years ago. He did. Yeah, but Pat Perez <laughs> wasn't on the, flow. on the – Yeah, Pat Perez has a good flow. Then I got second as Harris English, which we talked a little bit about him last pod. Very solid golfer. No one really talks about him a whole lot other than this past year with his success. Um, but he's been grinding for a while, so he's second on my list. And third is your boy Kevin Kisner. You know, a lot of people, other pods talk about him a lot, but he's a grinder, good old boy, southern boy from Georgia. But constantly top 30s. He is one of the most consistent guys on the PGA Tour. Not the top of the list, but has been had longevity and has had consistency for several years. I don't want to. I don't want to go on this topic too long, but just I'm going to throw. Do you guys think? I don't know. Kisner never thinks he's going to win a major, based on some of the conversations we've all heard. But do you really think Kisner's going to ever have a chance to win a major? Could he win it? Could he win it? Could he win it? A U.S. Open, I mean, a British Open course. Could he win at the Masters? I mean, those are maybe probably the easier, easier the twos. But I think the 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 PGA and I think the Open might be a little hard for U.S. Open might be a little hard for him. No, I totally agree, Chris. I think he could win a Masters potentially at some point, uh, but the U.S. Open just doesn't fit his game. They're going to keep making these U.S. Open venues longer, tighter. I mean, he hits the ball straight as an arrow, but everyone knows he doesn't have quite the length and he even admits that he doesn't have the length, but I think he could win a masters at some point. He is a local guy, you know, close to Augusta. I think he, he has that in his, in his capability at some point. Yep. And I agree. I totally agree. I think um, from a master's standpoint, I mean, uh, um, Chris and I were blessed to stay in Aiken, South Carolina before we drove 20 minutes down the road to see Tiger Woods win the Masters. And little did I know, pulling into Aiken, South Carolina, is that's where Kisner's from. He can putt. Can you hear me? Did you stay in his house? No, we were close. Sorry, I you were muted there. I apologize for asking that question, but no, we were. Um, I'm sure we were probably like. It's not a big. It's not a big city. We we're probably like ten minutes down the road in any direction, but um, we actually got to to stay in a uh, Airbnb that VJ Singh's caddy and VJ Singh were staying in for the Masters. Um, they ended up like having to pull out and go somewhere else, I think. I think but it was, bit, they want to be a little bit closer, but yeah, we were only 20 minutes out. So we woke up at 5 a.m., hit up the Masters. Anyway, I'll get, a, I'll get over to my picks. But um, underrated golfers, I think Charlie Hoffman, for, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but I, I think he's got something back there that he can, he can pull out when he needs to. Um, I, I'm not saying he's going to go win any of these tournaments. Like we're saying, like, I mean, Kisner's on my list. Um, Gary Woodland is on my list as well. I think he has some game, man. I think he's got some serious game, but um, Tommy Fleetwood's on there. 
I don't know. You guys can chirp me on this one. Mark Leishman and Kevin Na. I don't know. They they're just always yeah. in the background, but they're up there. They're like they're winning cash. They're got they're there's there's a day that they're gonna go out there and shoot low and then another day they they have to shoot low two days in a row maybe not i don't know but um i have i got charlie hoffman i have mark leishman i have kevin Na, i have kisner because kisner's just such an animated figure and now he's putting like a master and then uh gary woodland and, and tommy fleetwood like uh like mark what you said like Tommy Fleetwood, I pick him all the time. The guy is just balling. He's just consistent. He hits the ball straight. He putts well. He just does kind of small ball type golf. He does a lot of things well. Just an overall good player. Yeah, and I think I think this year there's some guys that were probably on a roll all the way into March. But obviously, I think with everything the 2020 has brought us, I don't think it, it, it's hurt a lot of people and hurt their golf games. Um, and I think he's probably one of them. I don't, not that he's been playing horrible, but I think it just, when you're, when you're on a roll and all of a sudden you kind of have to take a break, it gets into everybody. And some people have rebounded, some haven't. Yeah. Agreed. So everybody, you know, our company 1776 Americans golf ball company coming out orders in. Hit us up on Instagram. They're going to be out on Amazon. Three-piece urethane ball. You might be hitting it like I was on the range today, just like your boy Bryson. What president are you going to have in your golf ball? G-Dub. He's the, he's the founding father. I want to have I a G-Dub tattoo going across Delaware. <laughs> right across my chest. <laughs> That's my life goal for a tattoo. I think I think I want a G Dub or a TJ. TJ on my golf ball. Yeah, TJ's second. That's his, the second release is going to be TJ. Makes there people is think of, makes people think about your number on your golf ball. You got you know, there's no numbers on our golf balls. It's whatever your president. That's your number. It's presidents. <laughs> Tristan um, Tristan's going to have a, have a DT on his ball. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not against it. I just want – I would rather my founding father. But, um, yeah, if you want me to throw a little uh, little DT. <laughs> you might have to. A little, little, little POTUS. Do it. <laughs> yeah, this is in the political podcast, but, boys, we're going to get into some more news, um, some more stories. So, next we want to talk about the USGA. Mike Davis decides to step down says he wants to be a golf course architect, start designing more courses. What do you guys got to say about that subject? Well, that's right up your alley there, Moonshine. You're all about the golf co- golf course design. You, you, you need to reach out to Mike Davis to get him on the pod. I know. I can't, I can't hate on him. I mean, I've been designing courses. My mom used to have this like, book that she used to keep of mine where I would design different courses. I, mean, I, always, I always wanted to be a golf course architect, so I've always been into that, but – so I can see him wanting to fulfill that passion. But on the other term, you know, he's the CA of the USGA. He has a great position in America's golf company. Um, he's able to put on the U- U.S. Open, uh, all these great events. It's, he's been with the company. Uh, I was reading a little bit of the article since 1990. Uh, it's when he accepted, I believe, the position. 
Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a letdown that he would leave the CEO position for golf course design. But on the other term, I can see a man trying to fulfill a passion that he is seeking, you know, that he really enjoys. So uh, you guys know track man, and I like to be devil's advocate here. Um, any chance he was getting pushed out for the last couple tournaments that he's put nah. on? I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's no, been doing so. it for a long time. No, I don't think – I don't. I think if you read the article a little bit, I, I think he – like you said, he, yeah, but he hasn't been the – he hasn't been the – he's been in a couple different positions with USGA, and I think over the past two years, I think he realized like, like he's ready to do something else. And I think he told – I would read in the article, he said he told his wife back in 18 that he had told her 10 years in this position, and he's ready to move on to something else. And – um I mean, they've already started kind of looking at who they might choose as the next next successor, and he said he's not going to be part of that. He he will offer his opinion, mm-hmm. but um, I think it'll be interesting because I think, you know, Wingfoot, Wingfoot, I think was a true test for most. Obviously, maybe not Bryson, but um, see if they. I, it'll be interesting because I think what the USGA has kind of come out now they're going to use Pinehurst and maybe a couple other courses. It's kind of like the Open, where they have these rotation of six or seven or eight courses so now i'm getting a timeout sign so i'm, I'm coming in i'm coming at you right now is that <clears throat> now you're like being mr oh maybe not for bryson what, the last podcast you're being like a oh he's not oh, he do, oh. come on now you're being you're coming from the usga at the usga <laughs> angle like get out of here i'm with you but i'm gonna call you on your bullshit <laughs> Don't, I'm, I'm not rooting on the guy. I'm telling you, but he beat everybody by six strokes, and he did it. And I didn't like that he said he beat the course. I didn't like that he overpowered the course. But you just you just gave it to him right there a little bit. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But, you know, the USGA, I think they, I, there might have been some things they could have done differently. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's Mike Davis's fault. I mean, I think there's been some other open U.S. Opens out there that have been his fault, and he's been highly criticized. But I don't, I don't think this one was his fault. I think there could have been some other things. I bet you, if Steve Rabadou would come out, he would tell you what what truly could have been done to make it diff- a little bit more difficult. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, you know, Bryson, come come back when you when you win a U.S. Open by eleven strokes. Or he's when going it, back to Rory. See, that's he's, a, going back, he's going back. He's going back to Rory here. That's an um, o, That's an open. That's an open that the USGA screwed up entirely. Like, hundred percent. Congo could have been one of the best opens ever, and they did the total opposite. They like, they lengthened the course as far as they could, and then they just like cut all the rough down, and then they shaved the rough down around the. I don't know. I, I it still baffles me. I went there that I went to the open that year. It just it baffled me. The whole thing baffled. And then there was a little bit of weather too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it was wet, and they mowed the rough like a week before, which took it from my. Like, Rory, Rory plays weather, so I get it. But like, I don't know how we're comparing the two. It's just <clears throat> he's a dog. What's your take, Moonshine, on uh, on the USGA? Any any more take on Mike Davis going out? Yeah, I don't think he's getting pushed out. I think that <clears throat> he did a good job with bringing on Gore this year. Uh, bringing a player on to kind of give the player perspective on the course. And I don't think Wingfoot was over the top. I mean, it was tight. 
the rough was high. They did they always have fast greens, but to have guys, most of the guys that were in the mix close to even par, I mean, they were plus, you know, plus three, plus four, plus five. And Bryson at minus six, I think it was a fair tournament. So I can't, can't complain at him with that. So I think it's more that he's just trying to move on basically. And um, <laughs> kind of to piggyback off your point though, stats is that Bryson can't really talk until also he wins an open with a torn ACL. So it was another. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We have breaking news. Breaking news just came across my phone. Breaking news. <laughs> Everyone grab your phone. They, they <laughs> have they have just they have just announced the new the new uh, setup guy for the USGA for 2021. Callie Craig, it's going to be in his hometown. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's going to set up Tory Pines next year. He's setting up Tory. Well, you know what Craig's going to do? He's going to blow everything down really short and hope that we can find all of our balls. That's it. He's the player next year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's going to show playing. up around. Yo, uh, I think Kelly Craig actually has a um, a tee time scheduled already after um, the Open. He's already got it scheduled so that he can play it the way that it's. I don't know. If, I don't know what they're gonna do once once the Open's over. But well, I told him that he needs to schedule that because I know that he won't be able to play before the Open. But I've been teasing him that after. I, I've been telling him that teasing him that I want to come out right after the Open and play it. But let's no, go. I, let's I've, go. Been, I've been saying we should go and watch the tourney if we can and then play it and then fly home. Pretty I'd rather awesome. just go play it. You don't want to see it? I got two TVs. I can see it from right here. And then I'll go play it, which is even better. Right. On Craig's discount. This is, this, <laughs> this is the this is the take from a guy who lives on a golf course, basically. I don't live on a golf course. Yeah, you you got you got a kid out there. You're teaching. You're doing a heck of a job out on the golf course, but you don't play. So you're always out there, but you don't get to play because you're so busy. So all you want to do is get home and sit on your couch and watch golf. I get which it. Is, I love which it. is very which is very few and far between. Like I understand, and I'm not chirping you on that <laughs> that hard. Because yeah, you I are. Want, <laughs> I want to see golf on my big screen, but if we have a place to to sit or sleep next to Tory Pines and we could play it, let's go. I mean, it would, muted. it would be I kind of an idea. So. Yeah, I hear you. I hear I'm you. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to give you guys play motivation. It. All right. So, boys, well, hopefully by that time, that will be sponsored by then, so somebody will fly <laughs> us out there. Right. So, boys, I don't know if you all have heard the interview with Barstool, but I think you all have with uh, the old Jack Nicholas, all our parents' favorite golfer of all time. He has some interesting takes on our boy, Big Tiger. What are you all's input on those takes? What do you think that – I'll go first, and I'll pass off to, to, to CC, Mr. Stats, Mr. Taco, Mr. Taco, Mr. Stats, whatever you want to call him. Um, Jack hates Tiger. I'll just leave it at that. It's just, it just to me, it's just Jack just hates Tiger. He doesn't want him to get anywhere close. Jack said, if I knew that he was going to get close to my record, I would have stayed and played longer. Okay, well, stay and play longer, bud. 
and 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 to that point and i listened to it this morning but like 10 minutes later he said that you know he talked about tiger's 44 now and he's got some injuries and not sure how much he can play and he's heard that he's he's hurting and he said even jack said himself when he got into his 40s he kind of lost interest i mean but then the guy turned around and won a masters at 46 so which is it you would have stayed longer i mean i, I mean jack's 80 didn't I, I mean, I think when, when, when he was, when Tiger was born, Jack was 46. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how much longer would Jack have been able to hang on to, to play, to, to, to pair up with Tiger? I don't know. I mean, right. I thought the take was a little bit interesting. I don't know if I think hate is a strong word. I, I think it's a love-hate relationship between those two. Do I think that he wants him to beat his 18 – record or 18 major record no I don't think he does um I think that he appreciates what Tiger has done for the game that he probably wasn't able to do not that Jack didn't do a lot for the game or hasn't done a lot for the game I think he has but I think technology 25 years ago to where it was 40 years ago or 30 years ago has come a long way and and I think Jack would agree with that the golf balls I mean I think if in the podcast he references Golf balls, if golf balls had been to where they were moving on along a little better, I think he probably would have won four or five more majors. I mean, the guy had 19 runner-up finishes, I think. 19? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So. Yeah, I, and I, but, I, I I get you there. I just – Jack's a baller. I don't want to hear – I don't want to hear the golf ball stuff. Like, it's probably true. Don't get me wrong. But to me, it's just like if we're talking about a Tiger in that context, it sounds like an excuse to me. Well, if my golf balls were better. But also I hate his take about how he said back in the day, no one hit a straight ball. We all curved every shot. There was never a guy that just hit straight balls. Basically concluding that of their generation was more skilled, which I disagree with. I think skill has completely improved no matter with the golf ball, no matter with the training, the distance. I think these guys are constantly getting better. I mean, I used to watch Jack with my dad back when he made that run when he was in his late 40s, you know, that kind of thing, and looking back at flicks. And, yeah, they were talented, some of the most talented guys in the game at at the time, him and Arnie and, you know, all the other legends of the game. But that being said, I think the majority of golfers have improved and there's a larger majority of guys that are very skilled. And I think that was not the greatest point that he could have made basically saying that it, to me, it seemed that he thought that they were more skilled in the generation on shot making, which I totally disagree with. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I feel like um, I agree with you there, Mark is the, um, shot making versus finesse like that like the the um the wedges in now like the the tuck in the and and i don't get me wrong i guess it's it's balls as well that are you can put the spin on it but off the tee sure they're smoking it a little bit further but they're playing the course the way that they want to play it versus hitting it straight and is that technology is this something that we should talk about next time maybe you know, is it something that you just get up with your driver and you can hit it straight and that's pretty much what you can do? Maybe put a little bit of draw or put a little bit of fade on it, you know, baby cut or a baby draw. 
or is it something that the guys are doing differently because of all the technology? I feel like this could be something we could talk about for a long time. Sure. But I don't know. Stats, what you got on that? Yeah, I mean, I think technology has something to do with it. I, 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 I know everybody's – there are people that believe that Jack is the greatest ever and will stick to that. Some young, probably more old than young, and I think there are some – that feel that Tiger is the greatest ever. I mean, what do you think? <clears throat> I mean, growing up, I mean, watching a little bit of Jack, I don't remember. I mean, I mean, he won in 86, so I was nine. I don't remember seeing a, wait, well, hold on, let me finish. I don't remember seeing a lot of Jack play. And so, but in the mid nineties and early nineties and or late nineties, you see Tiger coming out and then, you know, picking up the game of golf again and kind of, going where I am now. I mean, yeah. And then my kid likes Tiger. I mean, yeah, Tiger's had his fall from graces, but I think, I think Tiger, what he has done is probably, I think what he's done for the game of golf, not that Jack hasn't, like I said earlier, I don't think Jack's done nothing. I think what Tiger has done to bring more people into the game of golf has probably made him probably the greatest golfer ever. Yeah. And I agree with that. I'm just wondering from, um, generationally, um, thinking about it because I remember going over to um, our grandfather's house and watching the uncles watching golf, like in the living room, Oh, everything was awesome. You know, Oh, they're putting and finishing everything out. Yada, yada. But what would, what would your dad say? What would uncle Richie say? What would, who, what would grandpa say? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think I wish I could answer that question. I mean, I, I know my father-in-law, he would probably say Jack. I mean, he's not that he, I don't think he dislikes Tiger. And I think he's very impressed with where he's, he's come back from, but I think he would probably say Jack. Um, and I'd extend that to you as well, Mark. Um, I'm not sure about the, uh, the lineage there, like the family of who you got to watch golf with, but um, we got to sneak over and see some stuff with her, you know, extended family. Is so there... I, yeah. I watched golf for all all the time growing up with my father and he's the biggest jack fan ever i mean he read jack's books he jack got him into the game kind of like tiger got all of us maybe into the game or or our kids or so and so into the game but he was a jack fanatic but as i grew up in the game and i think him seeing me enjoy watching tiger him seeing me get so into golf as a young kid from watching Tiger Woods changed his mindset and helped him embrace Tiger's game. And as he's grown older, I think he would agree that Tiger is better than Jack, not just because of, you know, the things he's done for golf, but I think if we were to debate it with him, he definitely would agree that Tiger was more, talented and more of a impact to the game of golf than his his idol growing up but he still remains a jack fan but he loves tiger so it's kind of what oh, i'm saying of course. but i love to hear that that's awesome um that also makes me want to get him on here for like a 10 minute little <laughs> spurt and just say hey i think tiger's you know me being you know track man being the devil's advocate and say hey i think tiger's better than jack and just let him go a little bit and see <laughs> 
because he's definitely got more knowledge than I do. I mean, I don't have the knowledge. I mean, my dad has, does have the uh, the left foot up backswing. I mean, you'll you'll see that in Myrtle Beach. He does the old uh, Jack. Is that t T-shirt yet? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Uh, my shirt my shirt's in but that sounds like a good little segue to um well i don't know there's a lot more than i could i'm gonna i'll bring it up because i heard about this earlier today you know i mean it's gonna be cold in november but i'm hearing something about shirts off 18 shirts off one like is that like a team thing or is that like an individual thing there's nothing that i can say on this that i know i have no idea what you're talking about so, fellas, shirts off 18, if you all don't know. I don't know. Trackman <laughs> knows. So there's this thing that this guy, his name might have to do with alcohol. Last name, I can't tell you, but he's from a certain state that's very country. They mine coal. And for some reason, every time he comes up to the 18th tee box, he takes off his shirt. And he comes up and he mashes a drive. And then he throws his shirt back on. But guess what? It's called Shirts Off 18. Throw that shirt off. It's too late for the course to kick you out of the course. I mean, nothing feels free to, like taking your shirt off. Got your, you got your guns out in the wind. Breeze is blowing. It might be 30 degrees, but you know your boy Moonshine is doing shirts off 18 on every course in Myrtle Beach. And every course usually that I play with my boys, it's coming off. That's shirts maybe, off 18. So maybe, don't bring, maybe don't bring that up on Friday. <laughs> yeah, so um, is that related to 1776? Is it just like that's, that's what happens? You get on 18 and you just flex it out. You pull the shirt off, you hit your drive, and you throw the shirt back on, or do you play the whole 18 without your shirt? No, it's just it has to come off just on hole eighteen. It's just it's a surprise yeah, factor. Yeah, I mean, they can't throw they can't throw you out by then, right? If you go on the first hole and you have your shirt off, they're gonna be like, "Hey, dude, you're you're kicked out. Like you're not." Yeah, I'd kick you out if I was playing with you. But if you're I on the eight, if you're on the eighteenth tee and you have your shirt off, they're like, "This jackass, he's got his shirt off." But all right, whatever. He's leaving this course in ten minutes, so whatever. I do, I do have I do have one experience with um, Moonshine on 18. He pulled his shirt off, maybe maybe twice, but there was one time I thought you did it because the sprinkler came on, on, <laughs> on the tee box. It just like started shooting us, and you were like, "Well, I guess I'll just take my." Sh-. I thought that's what it was. You just took your shirt off, like, "Oh, I'm still gonna drive it through the sprinkler." You hit it. I think you, you you may you may have smoked it. You probably didn't. Who knows? But um, the sprinkler was just soaking you down, and I was like, "Oh, that's why he does it." Maybe you know, but I, I guess that's not the reason. I see. I see a seventeen seventy six t shirt in the works. It says "shirts off." I mean, like a silhouette picture of of moonshine. You know, just kind of following through, just. Throwing the shirt, maybe a picture of showing throwing the shirt in the air after he hits his drive, and it says "shirts off." I think that would be great. I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. We got the we got the guy. CC stats has the T-shirt, so that'll right. that'll that'll be coming at you. So first we got balls, like Tristan says. We got 
<laughs> cordyceps. We got t-shirts coming up. Shirts off 18, boys. So just bring, so just bring it out. You know, say you're playing with some stiff golfer. How funny is that? You just roll up to the last tee. Maybe you're in a group that you have no clue <laughs> who the three guys are. This is there's the a couple. There's a, there's a couple of guys that I, I I know that I've I've played with in the past. So that if I did that, I think they would be they would be like, who in the hell is this dummy? Like, what it, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Is this the perfect uh, icebreaker? And yeah. either, if they're uncomfortable with it, you don't want to hang out with them anymore. But yeah, who's my t- who's my t- who's my Tito's guy on tour? Um, Harry Higgs. Higgs will. <laughs> he's, he's all in not. for shirts off. Yeah, yeah he's he just shirts off. Eighteen. What if he's back with shirts off on his next? <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't. I, I'm not putting it past him. I think um, we're all rooting him on. I think um, he would appreciate the. The crowd that's coming behind him is the – I mean, think about this. When he comes uh, local or if we go to to some tournaments, we just pull our shirts off and start smacking our bellies, like, because that's what he did with us. No, I think before that, we get T-shirts made. We get t- – I mean, I, I think it's disrespectful to get – This guy just wants to make a bunch of T-shirts. <laughs> I think it get, it's disrespectful to get T-shirts made of Harry Higgs to say shirts off. But we, we give him a, a moonshine, shirts off, and then – and it can kind of roll in. You can get, you can get, we get, we get Higgs some T-shirts, and maybe you can put a little logo on his polo. Maybe we would start on the sleeve first. Go from there. Yeah, I like the idea. We're all in. How about, we, how about, how about we just get the West Virginia boys to start making that, making some moonshine because we can't do it in Northern Virginia or we'll get arrested. But um, Mark Madness and uh, the rest of the boys get a little, you know, 130, 140 proof, and then we just start sending it to Higgs. He gets excited. He said, "Forgets t- I forget Tito's. I'm going to drink the real stuff. And then next thing you know, you got a moonshine glass right on the – right here, ready to go, boy. Yeah, he might change his little tagline on the Instagram saying that all I do is drink moonshine and bomb drives. We'll see. <laughs> Can you imagine? So I just wanted to piggyback off that. You know, we talk about this Myrtle Beach trip, and, you know, we were going to highlight some different areas of golf. Um, but just to get looking forward to new episodes, we have some different folks going to come on from the Myrtle Beach area. Um, they're going to be highlighting uh, Myrtle Beach golf. So um, just be keep your ears open for our podcast in the future. We're going to do a couple golf course area reviews, and we've got some interesting things coming in the future here. So I'm looking forward I'm excited to it. For that. I'm, exci- I'm excited for that. Myrtle Beach is definitely a uh... – great place to it's a great place if you're just out with the family and going to the beach and whatnot but it's a great place to get away with the boys and um just go play a few rounds of golf and have a little fun throw a little throw a few throw some cash around and see where it takes you i mean now i've been down there a few times probably two 10 15 times just to play golf and enjoy it every time and some of the courses that we're going to are some of my favorites so i'm, I'm excited yep and i'm the noob over here um looks like stats has got 10 or 15 under his belt and Mark, I know that you've you've uh, moonshine. You've been out there quite a few times to play. I think I've got one round of golf in Myrtle, um, and it was on a family vacation. So I'm I'm really excited to get out with the boys and play as many rounds as we can get in. Uh, maybe one one on the way down, a few with the boys, and then one on the way back. I'm looking forward to it. 
Um, but what I want the West Virginia boys to know is that I'm I'm getting tuned in. I'm putting. I'm at the range. Me too, brother. West Virginia is not playing around. You see that flush driver on the Instagram today? No. Yeah, how many tries was that? that one try, dude. Cranking yeah, the right. driver today. Just wait, man. I'm to excited be, to see it. I'm excited to see it, man. It's like be, a, it's a gentleman's sport. To be honest, that piggybacks – not that I use that term every time that we go to a next new segment, but I kind of Piggyback, elder, elder statesman. Elder statesman is our tips of the week. So I guess I'll just start with my tips of the week. I don't know what you guys feeling with your tips of the weekend. So I've been looking into the Bryson hover before you pull the driver back strategy. So I haven't tried that before until today. And I think I can actually pull it off. So what I've been looking to in the literature and different people's articles on the hover is that once you ground the club before you bring the driver back, it actually increases your grip pressure, which kind of throws off your backswing. But the whole goal with the hover technique is to keep a smooth grip pressure through your entire swing, and it's actually can increase your distance and sometimes increase control. So I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. That's yeah, very te- um, that sounds very, very Bryson-esque technical that right there. Yeah, so I was going to say two things is – I get chirped for like complimenting the guy for winning the, uh, a major, but we'll leave it at that. But the other thing is, didn't you say the same um, technique with putting last week? Is that you ground your club right before you hit the ball? The Stricker technique, where you yeah. ground the. But it, so is it the, is it the same thing? I'm not. I'm not chirping on this one. I'm just saying. It's similar. Yeah, it's similar. You ground bring your club up, you hover, and then you go back. And, yeah, it is kind of similar to the putting technique that I talked about last week. Um, And I've tried that on the putting green, and it feels pretty smooth. So um, I just want to try out the the driver technique. I've seen that I've cut the ball a little more when I've hovered it, but I also feel like I got a little more distance today when I was trying that technique. So we'll see. Solid, solid. Here, my tip. Here's my tip. Um, I think too many people. I mean, we all have done it. We've all gotten the course rushing, get there a little late, and trunk slam it and go. But if you're gonna do anything, if you don't, you know, I'm a. I'm not a big person to go out and hit 40, 50 balls on the range before. I'll hit maybe 15 or 20, and just hit some wedges and seven, eight, nine irons or whatever. But my big tip of the week is to grab three balls out of your bag. Drop one at three feet, drop one at six feet, drop one at nine feet. Put just basically try to pick the flattest hole on the putting green if you can. Put three, six, nine, tap them in, put them at three, six, nine again, and basically do that four to five times around the hole. Then pick one or two of them up and then just put some at mid range, 10, 15, 20 footers, and then finish with some three, three, four footers. And to me, I, I feel like that has helped my me gauge the speed of the greens, and because um, you play a lot of courses in, in this this area that can go from one place to the next, and same everything's the same except for the greens. The greens are different, so I think if you can read the speeds, you, 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 it'll help you. So, and I, I and I like that um, a lot because I've that's probably the main tip that um, Chris has 
taught me is every time I go out to the putting ring, I do three, six, nine, or something around that. But um, something I've learned just from reading some of these books lately is take your scorecard to the driving range um, and play your shots like you are playing the holes. So you go out and you see the first hole is uh, a par four, 465 with zero hazards. What are you going to play? You're going to hit a driver, you're going to hit a four iron, whatever you're, whatever's tuned in for you. Um, okay, you're going to leave 130 in if you can hit it in. So hit your driver, hit your wedges, and then move on to the next hole, hoping that you're hitting the green, right? Or if it's a par five, you hit your driver, you hit your three wood, whatever's next in your in your bag. Um, but play, practice before you play off the scorecard. That's something that I, um, I've been looking into a lot. I got a quick question on that. So are you, are you, are you starting with driver? You're actually playing, are you just, I'm confused. Like, are you actually playing the hole through like you're. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I know yeah, so, before. yeah. So go out there and if it's, you know, like say, like I said, it, let's say it's a, a, a par five, even a short par five where you're like, Oh, I don't need to hit a driver here. I can hit a four iron out there and then a six iron and then a wedge in to get me for a birdie opportunity. Do that on the range, hit your four iron, hit it and act like you're following that scorecard. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'll never do that. Well, and I, and I, it's something I just started. Um, but going out there and just swinging and swinging and swinging for me is like, oh, yeah, smash, smash. Oh, man, I hit it. Oh, it's great. And then I go out there and, like you've seen me, snap hook left, out of bounds, off first tee, Laurel Hill, into the woods. Oh, good thing I have a breakfast ball. Well, I wasn't prepared. And for me, it's getting prepared for the hole. Okay, it's not that far. I don't need to hit a driver there. Hit a four iron out there. Hit, 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 a, hit, a, hit a three wood out there um and get it close to play smarter golf it's not about because you know me i want to mash uh I'm, I'm trying to get smarter about it so i want to practice smarter and i want to get it out there i think it's just interesting that you're going to go out to the range and hit driver first shot boom hit driver off the tee when i think most people are hitting 56 60s well you can warm up you can warm your clubs up i know too. but that's what i'm saying you're, you're a trunk slammer you just I, said it. No, I, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is most people are going to warm up, you know, skip every other club in the bag and warm up. And then you're going to literally go hit another 15, 20, 30 more shots. Like I, that's a lot. Yeah. Of shots. I mean, I'm in, I'm not on tour and I don't even think those guys hit more than 40 or 50 shots. Well, and I'm not saying I have to go through all 18. I'm just saying like, you got to look at, look at, I guess the, the biggest thing there is look at the card Here's That's something only, that you taught me. Here's the only yeah. time that I, I will do that. The only time. The only time I will do that is if I'm playing in a scramble and they tell me, oh, you're playing on a par three or you're playing on a par five. Then I'll do that. I'll still warm up, but then I'll hit. I'll try to kind of go through the hole a little bit. But it's, uh, it's, moonshine. Moonshine. I don't know if you, uh, you've, you've caught the, um, the momentum here from, uh, from CC, but every time I bring something up, he's got to chirp me. I brought three lines on a ball. Wait, you put three lines on a ball? No, it's a practice green. I'm using it so that I don't have to sit there and set the ball every single time. 
I go out to the practice screen. Well, why would you do it? Why would if why? What I don't understand is if you're going to do it on the practice screen, why would you do it? You should do what you're going to do on the course. I get it, but if I'm on the practice screen, I'm not going to sit there for. You've seen me line up a ball. It takes me three minutes. Call me Dustin Johnson there on the green. I got a, oh, here, you want me to do that? No, I'll put three lines on. And if I miss market, then I know that my left line's here, my right line's here, my middle line's there. And then when I get out there, I know I can take my time. Not to chirp you too, track man, but the three lines thing is still, I can't get that through my head. I mean, I can only focus on put three lines on a ball. I don't know, but I can't, I can, I have the hardest time focusing on one line. I don't even put a line. I just put, you know, you got your little tour soft down the side or 1776. Keep going. I'll get one. I'll show you. I think we all know, we all know what the ball looks like. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. I just don't understand if you have three lines on the ball and you're on the practice screen or in your basement, why you wouldn't practice, like practice how you're going to play. So if you're going to remark it, if, if you feel like you're aimed a little too more le- to the left or a little bit more to the right, why wouldn't you – hold on. Why wouldn't you remark it or realign yourself as opposed to using the left or right lines? I don't think that's why the three lines are on the ball. I don't, that, that's just my two cents. I, no, so – I was making sure I wasn't muted. No, it is because I um, – one, having a new putter and using a blade. I have one line right there, right? Like you can have these – the white hots that, that have the, the balls behind. There's so many different ways you can line up your ball. With a blade for me and having a new putter, I have one line to put the ball in that hole. So I put two next to it so I don't have to bend my knee down and move it every single time on a practice green. It may sound crazy. Everyone crazy. plays their own game. It's crazy. And I'm going to be honest, I don't – when I go putt, I don't literally – sit and line my ball up anyway like and that's if i'm just practicing i will drop three balls i'll go through my three six nine routine and then i kind of go through work on mid-range three putts so i'm doing a better job practicing than you you're not even lining your ball up i don't need to because i'm confident that i can the, the big oh, thing, he doesn't the, even need to line his ball up oh my the biggest gosh thing you for don't me even is, need to line your ball up the biggest thing for me is speed speed and, and, and figuring the speed out because if I can figure the speed out, I think I can get the line down. And I don't think that's, that's definitely not my problem. Well, I think this, I can't re- I think this is a topic that will be continued for another day. And we you're just, you're just mad that I'm beating you in this argument here. That's all. It's all good. I'm not like, mad at you all. Both can, you both I'm can chirp me, but like, if I don't want to lean down and my lines are freaking perfect because I'm using my, <clears throat> give me the marker that my son's throwing around here. My teammate, you know what? I appreciate my teammate is, is making me chirp. He's chirping me a little bit because it just now it's motivating me even more. I know that's what he's trying to do. I love it. I'm love ready it. to go. I can't wait for November 19th. We're going to have a nice practice round. Let's go, boys. We're going to have a nice practice round at River's Edge that day. And then we're going to get to it on November 20th at uh, the Barefoot Courses. And then it's all on on Saturday at Tidewater. Let's go, boys. I'm ready. I'm ready. And, I'm ready. I'm, ready and I, am, I am practicing my butt off. I am putting, I am using wedges, I'm using anything I can. I just need to get to the uh, the range and hit my driver. Actually, Meat, you're, uh, well, uh, Moonshine called you Meat, but you showed me uh, in that last round to choke up a little bit and get more of that meat on the driver. 
that's gonna bite your bite your your team in the ass. We'll see, brother. We got we got time to practice. Things are things are going well over here on the West Virginia camp. Just wait. Yeah, you're just grabbing as many Virginia guys as you can. Um, just we'll see, him, brother. Get them on the team. I understand. I I enjoyed the I enjoyed it tonight, boys. This is yeah. awesome. So this is your boy Moonshine Mark signing off for the Shotgun Mulligan podcast. Find us on Instagram, Twitter. Please give us a review podcast on your Apple iTunes podcast, Spotify. Uh, send us an email to shotgunmulliganpod at gmail.com. Any questions, feedback, anything you guys want to hear, any critiques, um, we're here to hear it. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this. It's a blast. Holler at your boy, Moonshine Mark.